I'm tired of candy, tired of gum, tired of hunger and food that's no fun. I'm tired of pretending I don't like spaghetti, but school lunch keeps me roaring ready and rock steady. Pizza, spaghetti, burgers. With Chow Daddy in your school cafeteria, it's the fun place to be for lunch. Desserts. Hey, all you carnies out there. Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Joe. I'm Shock. And this is episode three of Carnival Personnel. That is a very old PSA that Joe brought up, which is absolutely great. And this is the first... I'm coming into this cold here, and Joe wanted to surprise me with that. It's great that it starts by saying, I'm tired of candy and gum and junk, and then goes on and lists the most carbolicious foods <laughs> of pizza, spaghetti, and then at the very end, and dessert. Right, and dessert. <laughs> it's like, didn't you just say that... McDonald's, Burger King, <laughs> fries, <laughs> diabetes. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a uh, that was hysterical. That was a Chow Daddy PSA for those of you in the Boston area who grew up in the 1980s, mid to late 1980s. You know exactly what that was. That played on good old Channel 56 back in the day. Um, Did it appear on V66? Did V66 get a chunk of that Chow Daddy's action? No, I think that was pre-Chow Daddy, V66 was. But, um, yeah, I mean, we got a... So, Chow Daddy aside, um, we have a lot to talk about. It's been a huge week. Joe, you know the worst part about dating much younger women? What is that? Every time you try to get them in bed, they want to stay up an extra half hour. See, (laughs) that kind of... I can't condone. So, so okay. Awful jokes. I mean, and that's a lot of our jokes. Uh, and that's a lot of us, not our jokes. Our jokes are part of us. We're awful. We think we're funny. We're trying to be funny. We think we're comedians. But honestly, awful, awful jokes are going to be rampant and rapid with us. And now they could. They could be misinterpretive as sexist, misogynistic, racist, homophobic. They're not. But I see, I see how they could be. I mean, they're anti-Semitic for sure. Let me be clear about that. But nothing worse... I just want to be on the record that I'm pro-Semitic. <laughs> He's worked hard. He's upped his game. But seriously, nothing we say is going to be worse than something you hear at Family Guy or at a Trump rally. So just kind of take that with a grain of racist salt. Yeah. Exactly. That's what we want to equate our podcast with. A Trump rally. <laughs> oh. Hop on board the Trump train on Carnival Personnel. And, and, and let's get right into the uh, menogeny. Uh, the mis- we- Wait, time out. It's called misogyny. If you're going to hate a group <laughs> of gonna- people, at least know how to pronounce the word that describes that hatred. It's misogyny. Now, not menogeny. Uh, menogeny is something that I was rejected from <laughs> back in college. <laughs> a menogeny. The... Joe and I just saw the Wonder Woman movie. So last week's spoiler-free Wonder Woman review, having not seen the movie, put that aside. Now we can give an actual review of the movie. Joe, thoughts? Um, I I like movie. (laughs) It was a good movie. It was fantastic, and I think it was the best DC um, Universe movie to date. And, and And universally accepted, and great. I mean, what I liked about it, is it stood alone? It didn't have to, you know, uh, rely on, on, on anything except her origin story, which I thought was great. Um, this probably, maybe more than other DC movies, have more levity or or more just. I mean, I, I, I I've liked some of the inside jokes with the other ones, but this had a few absolute bust out loud laughs. Yeah, 
Yeah, and all, and it was measured. Like it was just a measured uh, movie. It wasn't all one thing, or it wasn't like trying to be five different movies. Uh, it wasn't trying to be funny during the action. Like it was very measured. Like you had all of the comedy really came from the human interactions, you know, between Chris Pine's character, Steve. What's his name? Steve Cooper or Steve? I forget. Uh, uh, I'm such a I'm such a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. You, uh, Steve Trevor, yeah, which, Steve Trevor. which you know, I mean, it's so funny how how the origins of all these characters came out at the same time. It's like Steve Trevor was Wonder Woman's you know counterpoint. You know, Steve Rogers is is Captain America. Yes, you I know, know, I know that. And it's the same thing. It's like Wade Wilson is uh, is is Death. Um, uh, why am I blue? Deadpool. Yep. And, you know, and Luke Slate, Wilson. Slate, <laughs> Slate Wilson is, is Deathstroke, you yeah. know, from the DC universe. So so it's easy to confuse him. No, but the levity was great. Um, we went with both our families, and from ranging on one side of the spectrum to the other, Joe's wife enjoyed it quite a bit. With her Wonder Woman t-shirt. Very, bought just for the occasion. By the way, I want to also mention, she was uh, kind of bemoaning the fact that they don't make underoos. I went on the website, underoos.com. Not a sponsor, by the way. Not uh, yet. Yeah, exactly. Right. After they hear this, they'll be knocking down our door. Um, you can buy adult uh, underoos for Wonder Woman, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, anything under the sun, right? basically, like underoos. And, and it comes in a like retro 80s package that looks just like the underoos from the 80s. So, um, And they're like $25. And uh, I think it's great. I think, I think it's great that adults in America now are all basically just like giant children babies. And, and it's really relatively relatively cheap cosplay. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. And and, and it does get cheap. So so so, so, so <laughs> especially so in those underoos. So Joe's wife really liked it. You know, my seven year old who sometimes is, you know, kind of, let's let's put it out there, kind of a dick at movies. Uh, actually, it held his attention and what he liked. And now he's at the point where he started to pick up little Easter eggs from you know homages to other DC universes. He He's playing that um, uh, Justice, um, Gods Among Us Part 2 game. Injustice, yeah. Injustice. And there's a character in that game that he was stunned to realize is a real character in, in this universe because he's not seeing that character here, you, a, a one of Wonder Woman's foes yeah. from her rogue gallery, if you will. So he was really excited and it kind of held his interest, which if you're holding like Joe's wife's interest, our interests and my serial old interests. I think you're. I think you're pretty much hitting on all the demographics. Yeah, and the movie does get emotional. I mean, there is love, there is loss, there is laughter. Can, can you have loss without love, Joe? I don't know. It sounds like the opening to some theme song. To like, <laughs> it's the opening for probably every every theme song. But uh, last week we gave a semi review of a movie we haven't seen. Right uh, now we're giving uh, two thumbs up. And while on the topic. Um, we would like to give a shout out to our friends at Adam App, the new film ticket buy. Adam, app. like Adam and Eve, like A T O M, oh, like uh, Adam Ant. It, it was great. I mean, uh, a, a buddy of mine said, "Look, I'm using this. Downloaded. Uh, took a second to download. You know, and and this sounds so cliche, but just a couple pushes of a button, it it t- it takes you to your closest theater. You can buy the tickets right from there. You can also the difference is um, buy concessions like right from the app." We bought eight tickets. We walked in. They actually had their own Adam screener, as you saw next to the ticket purse. I just handed my phone. He put it under there. It screened. Literally, it saved probably like, you know, 
10, 15 minutes of, of getting there, buying the tickets, having them ripped, and it was uh, a very, very convenient way. So we have become big fans of the Adam Film Ticket Buying app. Where do you go to get this app? You can go to the uh uh, Apple Store. Uh, you physically walk to an Apple. You store? can walk to an Apple Store, <laughs> the iTunes Store. Yeah, pus. Uh, but 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 highly recommend it. Really easy to use. And as Joe will tell you, or as anyone will tell you, as I'm stuttering over myself, you can tell me. I'm not a smart person, but, but I, I know what an Adam <laughs> Film app can do. I know what love is. <laughs> Thank you, Jenny. Yes, uh, Joe. What did you oh, do this week? Anything fun? Um, what did I do this week? I, of course, like anybody else, uh, was anticipating Thursday because Thursday there was a humongous event that is really affects the entire nation. It gripped the collective conscious of, of the United States. Yes, and I'm talking in the world. I, I, yeah, of course, everybody knows, and I'm talking about Ghostbusters Day, which was June eighth. As if, if anybody doesn't know, Ghostbusters Day uh, commemorates the first uh, release of the 1984 Ghostbusters, as I like to call it, the mansplaining Ghostbusters from 1984 that everybody knew and loved. Some of them loved. Some of them didn't like. And I don't like those people. No. If you don't like the original Ghostbusters, I don't like you. Uh, but it was released on June 8th. And uh, every year, uh, at least at least 20 people celebrate <laughs> Ghostbusters Day, myself included. So literally, some of you were distracted by a couple shiny little things going on in Washington, D.C. Whatever. But, but really... We 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 know June eighth, Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Day. Day, right? And um, you know, I know you can't see it because it's a podcast. But um, looking to my left, Jacques' right, I'm looking at a the real Ghostbusters complete DVD collection that comes in a giant box. It's like four tin cases on the inside, and um, it has uh, it's in the shape of a firehouse that the Ghostbusters lived in. Yes, they lived together. Four men. Don't judge. And uh, it's a fantastic show. It's on. It's available now on Netflix, as I mentioned, I think, in the last podcast. The cartoon. Yes, the, the cartoon. cartoon. Real Ghostbusters uh, 86 cartoon. But if you want all of the commentary, I guess, I don't know what you want. It, it comes with artwork. I don't even think it's available anymore. Maybe it is if you want to buy it on eBay. Anyways, I have it. You don't. Nah, 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 nah. I also have a VHS copy of the original Ghostbusters release from, like, 86 or 85. I don't know. Um, I have a Lego Ghostbusters Ecto-1 that um, my wife got for me a couple of Christmases ago. I also have a box to a Ghostbusters mug that I still use that I got for Christmas a couple of years ago. I like the movie Ghostbusters. So Ghostbusters, I, Ghostbusters. I, I, I would like to point out that uh, that as Joe was giving this rundown of all his Ghostbuster paraphernalia here, it's great that we've referenced his wife a few times because, ladies, he's taken. Yeah, I, know I, know. You, I know you're hearing all this Ghostbuster paraphernalia littering his house and, and the never-ending uh, devotion to it. Ladies and dudes, Joe's taken. And I, and I mean that in this a good podcast way. has ended. <laughs> so, so seriously, Thursday, we're quite sure that most of you, like us, were celebrating Ghostbusters Day, while a bunch of other people were focused. Now, what, what, I can't remember. Something was Thursday. Something, what was that thing? Uh, there was like thing? A, a, a homie hearing. Um, oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. They, that that six foot eight guy who tries to blend in with curtains <laughs> when meeting the president was supposed to be dropping bombshells, and and there was at the Comey hearing there was a couple. Tidbits here and there. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing out of the Comey hearing isn't what he said. It's what he didn't say. 
And I know a lot of people uh, in Trump camp are excited because, yes, Comey said a few times that uh, that he, he corroborated that he did tell uh, Trump that, no, he wasn't invest- being investigated. And so they're glamming onto that part of the sentence, but forgetting the part at the time he kept saying. Yeah. Well, what, what puzzled me the most was at the very end of the hearings, the last senator to grill uh, Director Comey about uh, his investigations was Senator John McCain. Um, did you see Senator John McCain? If, if, if I didn't see it and somebody tried to explain to me what was going on, I would think it was an SNL skit. Yeah. Without the laughter, and 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 truly, you know, and to his credit, Comey was trying to be as respectful as as he could, and you know, he you know he so much wanted to ask, uh, uh, you know, Mister Center, uh, what the fuck are you talking about? Right. Yeah, and it was just funny because you know, everybody before John McCain was grateful. For Comey to give his time, they were thankful for his service, and they were, you know, they were on both sides of the aisle. By the way, I mean, disrespectful. Hey, they didn't have to subpoena him. He was willing to come in. He was forthcoming. He he answered more questions in the 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 hearing the day before with the head of the NSA, who several times said, "No, this isn't classified information." But I don't want to answer this question. And the Senate on both sides, both Republicans and Democrats, were like. You know, you're not under, you know, investigation here. This isn't classified information. Answer these questions. And they kept saying, no, why won't you answer? Because I don't feel like it. And one senator was like, I don't care what you feel like. You're in a Senate hearing. It's not what you feel like answering. It's what you're obligated to answer. And they won it. You're right. And and getting back to the John McCain thing. So what puzzled me most about the John McCain thing was that he was trying to tie in the email investigation into Hillary Clinton's, you know, unsecured email server um, and how she was cleared of charges, yet this investigation, completely separate from the prior investigation, is is yet to be resolved. And Senator McCain thought that there was a quote-unquote double standard. Yeah. Well, how can one case be closed if there was two candidates in the election? And how can you have closed one case and, and still have this one going? Uh, excuse me, you know. If you have two windows open, how can you close one window and leave the other window open? It boggles the mind. Mr. Comey, do do you know the Muffin Man? (laughs) (laughs) And are you made of actual combs? (laughs) (laughs) But, but, and here's, and and aside from, um, you know, this hearing distracting from Ghostbusters Day, you know, the sad thing is nobody is talking about while that was going on, at the exact same time, everybody's looking at the shiny little thing over here, all eyes glued to the Comey case, on the other side of the Capitol building, um, they, they pushed through the repeal of Dot Frank. And without being long, I'm sorry, longer-winded and more boring talking politics, uh, Dot Frank was a series of laws put into place to make sure the too big to fail didn't happen again. Too big to fail happened, people lost their homes. Worse, I don't have to go into how awful it was, but there was no checks and balances, nothing to keep it from happening. And uh, so the series of laws known as Dot Frank were, were put in place by both sides. I mean, they were put in place under a Republican Senate and House, and everybody agreed, we gave Goldman Sachs untold money to keep them from failing, but there has to be something put in place to keep it from happening again. Well, everybody was talking about Comey. Nobody was talking about that. Yeah. And there's also, not only that, the American Healthcare Act uh, is 
being, you know, hammered away by 12 angry men. <laughs> 12 angry white men. Yeah. <laughs> over 60. Yeah, sorry, ladies, they're taken too. You know, hey, well, but hey, don't worry, women. The the 20 men on the uh, on the uh, congressional panel that make up women's health issues, I'm sure they have They got your, your back. They, they got your back, you know. Right. Um, and your bon- bottoms and your fronts and uh, other things. And, and, your right, and your right to Jews and your right to contraceptives. But the other thing, uh, before we get too political that we watch, to talk on is uh, everybody has been focusing on guitar, and there's a lot of podcasts talking about everything else. For those who know me, for those who don't know me, I spent a good part of the last three and a half years going back and forth to guitar, and I can I will sum it up very quickly. Um, a lot of friends of mine in guitar in the U.S. military were not Trump supporters, but hated Obama and did not like Hillary, and they voted that way, and now they're over there saying... What the fuck? Like, literally, Saudi Arabia, this is coming from me having lived there. This is all my friends in the military over there. Anybody to a man will tell you Saudi Arabia is not our friends. Uh, Qatar is our friends. Egypt is under a a military coup over through the government four years ago and hasn't relinquished power. That is a military dictatorship taking over Egypt and Saudi, who are basically blockading Qatar right now, and the U.S. military over there, the 10,000 soldiers over there are saying, you can't do this. Qatar is our closest ally, more than Israel in the region. What are you doing? And even the Secretary of State tried to intervene the other day and say, hey, let's sit down, let's work this out, you know, let's, let's be reasonable about this. Qatar isn't just the bad guy here. And 90 minutes later, his boss comes out and says, nah, they're the bad yeah. guys, keep it going. Um and and I'm just going to wrap this up by by saying Qatar good, Saudi not so much, and the proof is in the fact that our military there have a great relationship and have for decades with with Qatar. Um, on the other hand, uh, the Saudi soccer team playing a game the other day, uh, part of the Asia Games, before the game, the the tournament. Um, the tournament decided they were going to have a moment of silence for the victims in London. And again, just to have a moment of silence, you know, doesn't care what side, what your religion is, something awful happened, people got hurt, people died, let's be respectful and have a moment of silence. And at, and at a soccer game, a moment of silence is a lot to ask for. <laughs> and And the Saudis publicly before the game said, no, we're not going to honor the moment of silence. And then during the moment of silence, if you want to Google or YouTube how they reacted during the moment of silence, it's 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 almost as sickening as a head of state within hours of a terrorist attack and one of our closest friends getting into a, not a Twitter spout, it takes two people to fight, but, you know, but attacking the mayor of London hours after a terrorist attack and not saying anything about our thoughts to the victims, you know, our thoughts with our close friends in, in the UK, anything like that. Um, one one world leader, all the other world leaders had said, this is horrible, this outrage, we stand with you, our thoughts to the victim. One world leader decided to go a different route. And it was funny because the way he went about criticizing the mayor was that he criticized the mayor of London for not being alarmed, alarming enough. Like, don't be alarmed. Basically, the, the, the mayor of London decided that he wanted to communicate to the people that um, that they should not be alarmed to see uh, armed police in certain areas because of the, th- the heightened th- uh, level threat, uh, threat uh, level. And 
Trump thought that wasn't going far enough. So, so, so we're, we're you know, we don't want to become complete political hacks. Uh, and, and truly, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on. You know, Joe and I both have a lot of close friends who we disagree with, you know, politically, who are really great people. But I think everybody who I've talked to— Some of my best friends are assholes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and seriously, it's like I, you know, Joe and I have a couple of friends we're trying to get on the podcast who who think differently than we do, and of course we're whining, tree hugging, liberal, sissy pant, everything, and and, and I, I fit the stereotype. I'm, I'm a vegetarian, tree hugging sissy. I get it. I wear women's underoos. <laughs> right? yeah, yeah, Joe happened Proudly. to know about that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but seriously, we like we like people come on have spirited debates. But I don't think anybody thinks in a crisis situation, you know, alarming the public even more and picking a fight. Because I just think about it. I just think. Sitting in Boston, I was I was in Cutter when the Boston Marathon happened, um, and when the news came over, I called the wife at work, and I'm like, you know, listen to this station. I don't know how bad it is, and, and we were just glued to the radio for you know for hours, having friends who run the marathon, having friends who were down there, and I just can't imagine if the the Prime Minister of Canada, Prime Minister of England, the Chancellor of Germany had instantly decided to pick a fight with the Boston mayor saying, How dare you let this happen? you know, type yeah. thing. I just can't imagine how we would feel about any country, be it a NATO country, be it, you know, China, be it, you know, even if North Korea, I don't, you know, <laughs> if North Korea decided the Boston Marathon, this is a good time to kick the mayor of the city where this horrible attack just happened, how we would feel. But uh, but we'll wrap up the thing about that. Uh, the big thing to remember is this past Thursday. Ghostbusters Day. You're welcome. You're welcome. Ghostbusters. You know what? This is been getting very heavy man and i think we need to lighten things up a little bit i think we need a little random video game review oh, of the week. If, if, if this isn't my favorite time of the week i don't know what is <laughs> maybe the one time a week that i really get to get you know seriously intimate you know what i'm talking about yes when she's working late and the kids fell asleep and i get 20 minutes alone with the computer <laughs> you know tw- right 20 minutes um, yeah, watch out for the fly that oh if you could get that fly there's a fly flying around out my basement and it's on the shelf and i'm gonna hand and i'm sneak up on this thing this is you know live this is not a bit I repeat, this is not a bit. Oh, you scared it. Oh, there it goes. Forget it. Okay, so the fly flew away from the Nintendo game. So that leaves the Nintendo games clear for Jacques to randomly pick one off the shelf of my 250-plus Nintendo games. I'm not no looking whammies, at them. No whammies, no whammies, Big box. So now he's pulling a game off the shelf. He's knocking something down, probably breaking it. And Fourth shelf, right uh, in the middle. Okay, here it goes. And he's coming back to the table. He's putting his shirt back on. <laughs> uh, look look at the spot, Joe. What, what do you think? What do you think I, I pulled out? Oh, let's see. It's right after... Uh, it's, not, it's not Metal Gear. Um, oh, God, you've pulled out Metroid. It's scary. Like, <laughs> we, as you guys can hear, we do absolutely no show prep. And 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 someday we're open up the studio audience. Joe, Joe has a small, like, two-person couch. Uh, let's say a two-American couch or four-European-person couch <laughs> down here. So we can open this up to a studio audience. And you can see that is a legit bit where I go over, randomly pick something out of his 250-plus games. And he has to guess from the space, you know, what it is. Uh, 
Metro. Metroid. 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 Noob. <laughs> and, and, and the fact that it is it is impressive and scary at the same time. All right, Joe, let's have the breakdown. <clears throat> so I own a just the cart only of Metroid uh, for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Metroid was a platformer uh, game like no other. It uh, came out in 1986. It was. How do, how do you know the year? Because of the copyright date on the startup screen that I see every time. On the start. Okay. When's the last time you put that in there? Uh, well, physically, this cart not uh, not recently, but I have all these games on but my the computer. Fact that you remember? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> You, you, are you nerd shaming me right now? No, I, I okay, a little bit. I, but he's again, nerd shaming it, me. It, Don't worry. It, when it, he starts talking about the Patriots, you wait and see, Mister. But it, it's a balance of being overly impressed and scared at the same time. <laughs> yeah, all I, yeah. Okay, we won't talk about how deep you go with Nightwing. That's right, Nightwing. That's a trigger <laughs> word because he knows that he could go on. There could be an entire series of podcasts just on his love for Nightwing. I'm shutting up now. <laughs> So Metroid is a game that came out in 1986. I have just the cart only of the silver label cart, not the re-release of the yellow label cart that came out in like 1990. Uh, it's a platformer. For those of you who don't know what Metroid is, it's a platformer uh, that was also an exploration game. You're this, um, I don't know, you're like the Space Ranger, I guess is the most layman way to put it. You're this person that has a laser gun um, that could be upgraded to different types of weapons you start off with the regular blaster but then as you search this planet that's being inhabited by the the, the metroid itself which is a sort of like soul-sucking entity then the long and the short of it is it, it it opened up a world of exploration to uh, nintendo players that wasn't available before uh, you would backtrack a lot uh, meaning that you could you know you would go into a room that or go near a room that wasn't uh, readily accessible because of some, you know, some item that you needed in another room, and then you would go get that item. Then you have to tra- backtrack to that other room that you saw, and then you would there would be hidden spaces, so like you'd blow away walls and stuff, and you would find other hidden weapons and power ups. And there were mini bosses to fight, and um, it didn't have a map system, which was like its only downfall. So, anyways, Metroid is a great game, and I guess Jacques is not going to ask me what I think it goes for on eBay. Joe, what do you think it goes for on eBay? Uh, loose cart, silver label, pretty common. Uh, it's a it's a common game, but it's a popular game. Like Contra was a common game, but a popular game. I'm, I'm gonna say, eh, I'll go low ten. Eighteen ninety five. Well, but but the description: uh, Metroid, Nintendo game cartridge, clean pins. Yes, I do. Oh yeah, these have saliva all over it. <laughs> clean pins, among other fluids. What? what <laughs> if you have the box? Oh, if I had the box, uh, fifty. Seventy-four. Wow. See, yes. I'm. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not in touch with the kids anymore. I am out of touch with eBay prices. But you know what? I'm not in this for the money yet. Um, I'm in this for the for the love of the game and the love of the gaming. Now I've already said it with this Ghostbuster breakdown, but ladies, <laughs> he's taken. Yep. That well has one joke in it, and he keeps going to it. But what a deep well it oh, is. Oh yes, very deep. Yeah. So, anyways, that's our random video game review of the week. All right, and now it's time for a word from our new sponsor, and um, it's a it's an oldie, but um, it's a goodie. Goodie, 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 got it, goodie, got it, Sam, goodie, got it, Sam, goodie, got it, Sam, goodie. 
Sam Goody got it. We've got it. Summer savings at Sam Goody. Pick up Theater of Pain from Motley Crue. Invasion of Your Privacy, new from Rat. And Shaken and Stirred by Robert Plant. On sale now, only $6.99 each. Storewide summer savings at Sam Goody. Goody, Goody, Sam Goody got it. Goody, Goody, Sam Goody got it. Sam Goody got it. Sam Goody. Got it. Wow. I have not seen Jacques do the robot ever before until that commercial. The great thing is that was mm, 86 hip hop promoting metal albums. Right, right. <laughs> like every album. They could the only end. record one jingle at the time, <laughs> and they had to spread it across all genres. And they go, Molly Crew, Rat. <laughs> You know, it is the like, new one from Rat, by the way. Oh, that is that is cool. And and I can't remember, like honestly, that that an album. Google an album if you're into forty. Uh, was six ninety nine. It's like wow, how broke was I that I was stealing records? Uh, yeah, if they were only seven bucks then. Well, seven bucks then is like four hundred now, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Uh, but that is that is just pure pure genius. We like to thank Sam Goody for for taking advertisement on our spot. The, yeah, the the shareholders of that must be excited. To... Right. You know what? You know what Goody's got? What has it got? Bankruptcy. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we should because uh, we because we didn't uh, we didn't get you know somber enough with the uh, the Comey Qatar taking away your healthcare thing. Uh, this was a tough week. Uh, Yesterday, this wasn't a tough week for us. Yesterday was was a, a kind of a som- sombering moment for Joe and I. Yeah, and I mean, well, yesterday because we're recording this on a Sunday, Saturday, June tenth, two thousand seventeen, the one and only Batman. Yeah, two Batman tattoos, a kid named after Nightwing. Shut up. <laughs> uh, and and but Adam West is Batman. Adam West passed away from a short battle uh, at a- at eighty eight years old, uh, short battle with leukemia. And, um, you know, he, and he, as a great person once said about Don Rickles when he died, he died with dates on the books. So Joe and I are going to do a, um, a separate podcast later today that we were on on Thursday. Yeah, we're going to shoot for Thursday and we're going to call it, um, we're going to call it our sideshow. Because it's going to be a 15 minutes. And what a way to kick off a fun <laughs> mini episode segment called Sideshow than to do an, a eulogy. A eulogy for, for, for but, a dear friend. But that, you know, we're, just really quickly. But, but Adam West, like, what dates on the book? Family Guy. They did the reboot of, of Batman with. Yeah, with Bert, uh, Bert Ward. Ward and. Um, that it was doing, I mean, you know, it's selling really well. They had another season coming. But Family Guy, that, he does voiceovers for a lot of other things. Yeah, it was and, great. And yeah, he was Mayor Adam West on Family Guy, which was you know it was a role that he was born to play. And uh, and we'll talk about this on Sideshow. But honestly, if you ever hear interviews with him or interviews with the people who work on Family Guy about what it's like to work with Adam West, I've not heard bad things. No, and uh, he also made appearances in uh, made unappearance in the latest or the last Lego Batman. Right. Uh, Lego Batman 3, the video game, um, where as a side quest in that game, in every level, you have to save an Adam West in peril. And it's his voice, and it's him, among other cameo appearances in that game, but he is great. And on, yesterday I was watching, I know I should be saving this for Sideshow, but fuck it. Uh, yesterday I was watching the uh, Batman movie DVD with my older son. And we were watching it with the Adam West Burt Ward commentary, and the DVD was from like the early 2000s. 
But uh, <clears throat> it was uh, it was fantastic because j- to hear Adam West make fun of Batman <laughs> and also Bird Ward make fun of Robin and uh, it just it, it, it was great to hear that Adam West finally embraced his his um, his stature and his and his status in pop culture after shunning it for so many years. Yeah, it's it's like the William Shatner approach. He he was iconic for one role that kind of haunted him in some ways and then decided I'm going over the top with this. I'm not I'm going to over embrace the cheese. We're going to move on from this because we got the sideshow podcast coming up on Thursday. But in the meantime, let's move on to something more dear to all of our hearts and by all of our hearts, I mean me. This week, and Boston Breaker team history, <laughs> and the Boston Breakers, as we all know, were Boston's beloved USFL team that, in their first season, compiled the record of eleven and seven. Eleven and seven, Joe. Wow. Here's the shocking thing: that did not make a playoff. It didn't. Two things. Wow. A, they had an 18-game regular season that the NFL has been pushing for forever. Here, hence the eleven plus seven. Can't get. He's so good with math. Not even Asian. Wait, is that okay? Can I say that? My wife's Asian. I can say these things, right? <laughs> sure. I'm part, I'm part Cuban, so I can now get into my brown people jokes. Uh, but seriously, they, they, <laughs> they were 11 and 7. Uh, but this week, June 11th, 1983, we'll all remember. We all remember where we were with a tough home loss to the Birmingham Stallions. Uh, Nickerson Field, I was 14 years old. You can't old. say that word. Oh, wait, that's... <laughs> So, yes, yeah, so in the um, the Boston Breakers' first year in the U.S., well, the USFL's first year in 83, um, today was a tough loss, uh, dropping them down in the standings, probably hurt their playoff chances, but uh, this week in Boston Breaker history, the Breakers lost the home game at Nickerson Field 31-17, to um, which brings us to the, we were going to do a little Patriots talk, training camp open this week, all that great stuff. But there's a couple NFL stories that I, I don't know if Joe heard that I wanted to bring up. I have not heard about the new NFL stories. The NFL and Uber. Ooh. Two. NFL Uber. Two. <laughs> two NFL. That's a whole other product. Uh, training camp started for all teams this week, uh, mandatory training camps, and two different players, uh, one for Green Bay and one for the Bills, and I'll talk about the guy from the Bills, missed their connecting flights. Wow. And ended up Ubering. To get to their, their their destination, the guy with the bills missed a plane at O'Hara. And for those who don't know their airports, get to know your airport, uh, <laughs> is, is in Chicago. A $640 Uber ride wow. from, from O'Hara Airport to Orchard Park, you know, New York to make Buffalo Bill training camp. How many stars did he get on yeah, the review? Dude, well, he gave him a $300 uh, a tip because here's the thing about it. That dude had to drive home. Yeah. You know, right. so, so yeah. Oh, well, the Uber guy made out. That's a $600 fare. I don't know what Uber's chunk of that change is. Probably... 590. <laughs> but here the poor sap now had to drive home. The question is, did he pick up fares? On the, right. Was there anybody in oh, Orchard no. Park, New York, needing to get back to the grid? And the and uh, when they interviewed the Uber driver, uh, the guy got in the car, he said he had to go to Buffalo, which the driver thought he meant Buffalo Wild Wings, which was three blocks away. <laughs> and then I'm thinking, how ridiculous that is. I did a prep joke for this. Uh, and then I thought, oh, my God, that's so ridiculous. But then I remember the great movie Splash uh, and Tom Hanks' 
character having to take or just got in a cab in New York and decided to. Uh, I wasn't. Was, was it? Was he a cab driver or no? No, he wasn't a cab. Oh. Tom Hanks got in a cab. Oh, right. And said that he wanted to go down to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> I didn't see Splash. Sorry, folks. Oh, I just assumed you no. had a life and were cool. And it, <laughs> I, I, I'd say up to date on a 25 year old movie, but that's uh, what. What do I know? Right. Um, no, I'm just looking. Don't oh, worry about it. I, okay. I, I, I'm right, just looking. Right. You know, sometimes it's not all about you. What? <laughs> Since when? All right. Breaking news. Spoilers. Hey, in an infinite universe, I am always at the center of it. Yep. And that's that leads us to our next uh, staple, for some reason, the parenting tip of the week. Um, I got to see Jacques in action, firsthand parenting his kids today. And I, I just want to say uh, brava. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I, I never heard so many Yo Mama jokes come out of <laughs> one small child's mouth before. Um, but it's great. I, 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 I don't condemn it. I commend it. Yeah, the uh, my little guys, nine and seven, stumbled upon a new series of uh, Yo Mama jokes. You know, so, some pretty... Like it's low, it's low budget animated, but the Umama jokes are animated. And the great thing is how well the two of them do it together. One of them will do the setup, and the other one will do the punchline. And it, it will, you know. So are you going to show them Porky's next week? <laughs> hey, no, no. We'll we'll, we'll ease, ease into we'll, that. Maybe maybe starting with fast times. Okay, good. You know. Um, you know, but the little one was saying, you know, your mama is so fat. How fat is she? Her blood type. Is Nutella, and uh, then yeah. the next one will jump in. I, they, I don't say I'm nearly as well as my seven year old, but right, I couldn't tell if Joe's look and his face as we were driving to get here after one new one with the kids in the car was was it was a slight, slight impressed slash horrified. Right. Well, you know, at least they'll be good at the dozens when they. <laughs> When they get to middle school. <laughs> but I did. I, I walked into Joe's house. I had to, you know, let the boys know, okay, not every parent is down with the mama joke. So when we get inside, uh, I'm not really sure if uh, management on Joe's household <laughs> is going to be, you know, down with the mama. So uh, yeah. save, save, save it for the ride. Save home. the drama for your mama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that their mother is at all pleased with it right. either. <laughs> Yeah, does she know? It's kind of... Oh, she oh, must know. Oh, she knows. And okay. it's like... And, and, and of course, you know, why would she get mad at him? He's seven. Yeah, he's just learning. You all right? I learned it by watching you. Oh, but uh, but yeah. So, so you know, you my parenting tip of the week, never too young for the Yo Mama jokes. <laughs> just, as long as they're clean. I think Jim Gaffigan has a couple of Yo Mama jokes that they can use. So, you know, look into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Gaffigan has jokes other than food? I think so. Uh, uh, no. Actually, no. It's, <laughs> it's a Yo Mama joke that's related to food. Um, so so now, uh, you know, one of the things Joe and I wanted to talk about is like, we've been talking about what we've been watching on uh, Netflix lately, but we've also been talking about sitcoms. Yes. From the days of yore. Ah, uh, yes. The good old days when there were very special episodes. There were very special episodes. Yes. What's your favorite very special episode? Uh, wait, 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 wait. What's your very favorite special episode? And it cannot be the bike shop episode. Oh, you motherfucker. Yeah, I knew he was going It to. wasn't. First of all, it was different strokes. Different strokes. Oh, yeah. It can't, it can't be the bike shop I wasn't going to go with that one. I was going to go. But, dude. With the kidnapping one. The oh. one where Dana Plato was kidnapped by that creepy guy who, was it, oh, was that the guy who played 
uh, Major Nelson's, uh, what was his name? Bill Daly. Was it Bill Daly? It was Bill Daly. Oh, my God. Yeah. Bill Daly was a kidnapper. Um, and Gordon Jump was the pedophile. So, you know, a couple of notches in their <laughs> esteemed belts. But my favorite, yeah, my favorite special episode's got to be. I, honestly, it is the bike, <laughs> the, 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 the bike shop guy. For those of you who don't know, Different Strokes was a show in the 80s about a white rich man who adopts two uh, poor black children who were, the, uh, who were orphaned by their, his former maid. And um, so he took them under their wing, uh, under his wing, and brought them up in this uh, luxury penthouse apartment in uh, Manhattan. And uh, we learned life lessons along the way about racial intolerance and all that stuff. Well, in a nutshell, we learned that the world doesn't just move to the beat of just one drum. How many drums? They what, never got into the number. You know, what might be right for you. May not be right for some. Just sing. A man is born. He's a man of means. Then along comes two. They got nothing but the genes, but they got different strokes it takes. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes to move the world. Ah. My favorite, because I'm much older than Joe, much, much older than most people listening to this, uh, there was a very special episode of Maude in which she got slapped around by her husband, her yeah. long time. And, and, you know, Maude, which, of course, we know was yet another spinoff of All in the Family. Um, you reminded me of another special episode that I'm going to get to afterwards. Uh, Maude, of course. B. Right. Arthur's defining role. Right on, Maude. You know, before, you know I, it's, it's hard. It was Maude. I mean, everybody remembers the Golden Girls, but, but Maude, I mean, Maude was groundbreaking. And there was an episode. And now, again, half-hour sitcom, Norman Lear, yep. the subject was she got slapped and bruised by her husband, and what does she do? And that was a huge. Then we're talking. I didn't see this episode. We're talking. We're talking mid late seventies. Yeah, I remember the abortion. And, and I, right, it, that's another. But I, here I am, like eight years old, watching a, a an ABC sitcom. This was Game of Thrones, by the way. <laughs> right, right. I, I, I mean, it, like if that happened, I'm like, you know, I. I almost said in my PD blue. <laughs> if, that, if that happened, I'll like, you know, like a drama today, people yeah. be like, oh, that's a little heavy for, yeah. you know. Asterisk, Jacques can't name a drama today. <laughs> but uh, well, I can, but they're all comic book related. Is the era a drama? Yeah. Is Flash a drama? Right. Is, is, is Jessica Jones a drama? And the answer is yes, yes. to all of those. Of course you uh, but, but seriously, it's like. That was a half-hour sitcom on network television. How did they resolve it by the end? Uh, she forgave him. He threw himself on the swords. You know, I'm never going to do it again. I was drunk, all this kind of thing. But it did was they see like, counseling? You know, no, no it was a half an hour. You know, right. like, you know, they didn't have, they didn't have time. I think the counseling was just mod slapping him back. <laughs> like, that was it. But that, but that, and you know, and if you remember, it was kind of, you know, if that happened in real life, B. Arthur would have left a beat down on that dude. She she literally dwarfed that like, oh, yeah. husband of hers. Yeah. Know? Not a felt woman, B. Arthur, but she was, you know, just built like a brick house. Yeah. And uh, she's a brick, brick. Dick -a -dick -bounder. house. <laughs> but that that's my that's my uh that's my very special episode memory of uh sitcom. I maybe want to redact what my favorite special episode was because I think the most moving, literally the most moving, like I almost cried when I saw this, when I first saw this. And I I didn't see it first run because it came out 
originally before I was born. I'm younger than Jack. It is the, the classic episode of All in the Family where um, Edith uh, almost gets Ooh. raped. Almost gets raped. Yeah. I mean, again, you know, 60-year-old woman. And by the way, I want to I cushion favorite. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Hitler didn't smoke and loved dogs. Why do we always dwell on the negative? Be like Hitler. Don't, don't smoke. smoke. I don't, I don't C- want to be like Hitler. Cigarette mind Fuhrer. Nine! <laughs> I think zero people. I think zero people will get that joke. I think if Conan O'Brien and Andy Richter <laughs> accidentally ever heard the sitcom, they would not remember that bit. And From then, 1997. That we rip that off all oh, the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. Well, it helps when you repeat it to each other every week so for, for 17 okay, years. Okay, so your favorite sitcom moment about almost uh, assaulting an elderly uh, woman? No, no, it, it was so moving. Because, you know, growing up as a young lad, watching All in the Family, even in reruns, they were so good as performers. I thought they were real people. I literally thought that Jean Stapleton was just. Oh, I know she's an actress, but she's she's really like that. That like Edith is a real person. Like she's not acting. They just. Oh, Archie! Oh, oh yeah. Uh, they. I thought they just plucked people off the street and said, "Okay, th- this is obviously uh, a guy who's a nut." But we're going to give him a script, and he's going to know how to read those lines each and every week for 13 years. And go. Um, but uh, my very special, the, the, it, what moved me so much was just, like, how real it was because, and, and this was actually touched upon in, like, a best of or a retrospective of All in the Family that I remember seeing years and years ago was that the guy playing, I don't forget who played, I don't know who played the rapist, but he um, remembers the mood changing in the audience because up until that point in television, these sort of things were never touched upon. And if they were, like, if there was ever a threat to a character, it was always like, oh, a gun, uh, a gun-wielding bank robber is going to, you know, take over the bank. Oh, isn't that funny? But we know that in the end it's going to be resolved in a comical fashion. But when he locked the door um, after he entered the house and then he gets Edith on the couch and then he tears off like a bit of her blouse. And the, after the rip, you could hear the, the, just the utter horror horror and silence. And he knew, the actor knew that like, oh my God, this is like really something serious and something different than probably something that hasn't been done on television to that point. Nickelodeon would not touch the sick. No, yeah, Dan Scheider did not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And in this episode of Getting Into the Weeds, uh, all of the family, and again, maybe if we show prep, I, I would have told you I would talk about this. A lot, The history of, uh, of all of the family is phenomenal. And most people know it's based up. Most people know. I assume that most people know the shit about useless facts that I do. But there was a British TV show called Upstairs, Downstairs. No, it was uh, uh, Till Death Us Do Part. Uh, okay. Yeah. Joe's probably right. He's a smart Fair one. enough. I, I, thought, I thought it was Upstairs, Downstairs. But. But uh, Archie's character was also based on a series of children's books that were given out to elementary school kids called Mr. Bigot. And this was the push of political correctness in the early 70s to basically, you know, out of the civil rights movement to teach, you know, you know, white kids to not be bigots. They had these books. Archie was supposed to be hated. He was supposed to be the most disliked person in television. However... A lot of America, a lot of middle America saw, here's Archie, loves his wife, uh, devoted to his daughter, 
cannot stand his freeloading son-in-law, but loves his daughter enough to let the the pinko liberal commie son-in-law meathead uh, move into the house with them, and 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 people sympathize with him. It's like, yeah, sure he's racist, but you know he's a good dad, and right. hard work. He's a racist with a heart of gold. <laughs> so so and and they were even Norman Lear was so surprised because he was you know it's like one of those things that you know where he wasn't supposed to be the focus of the show. It was supposed to be. The son and the daughter. Yeah. And then, you know, but Archie became, you know, the, the same thing that kind of happened with yeah. The Simpsons where, you know, it was supposed to be a show about... Bart Simpson. And then Homer, in Bar- and Bart had its moments. Bart still has his moments, but... I think know. Bart was a good primer for, like, an audience. Like, they basically... Yeah, that's a whole other discussion. That could be but, another but, podcast. But in this episode of... In the weeds of sitcoms from the seventies. Oh, by the way, I have a fly update. Um, <laughs> there's that fly has been sitting on the edge. Of, oh God, damn it! It just moved. Oh, it's now it's in front of us. Oh, it's, now it's gone. There's a fly that was sitting if on. If you the don't edge. want to be a fly in the wall, don't, because you will drive Joe <laughs> absolutely crazy. Oh God, yeah. I mean, this is how unprepared we are for this particular podcast. Is that the fly is more interesting to me <laughs> than anything that Jack has to say? And, and I'm pretty sure our listeners. You're right. Sorry, Listener oh, would be born. And, Thanks, uh, Jason. So, <laughs> so, th- so, so, you know, wrapping up uh, uh, this episode of Carnival Personnel, we would like to thank, you know, the few carnies who have been listening. We would like to give a heads up to um, the Thursday sideshow uh, tribute to Adam West. Yes. Um, and then also, I would love to th- uh, let everybody know who's been listening on podbean.com. That we've expanded our horizons a little bit. I don't want to brag. <laughs> but we are now available on iTunes and Google Play. So those of you with Android devices and Apple devices that say, hey, how can I listen to my least favorite podcast <laughs> that my friends are forcing me to, they will not stop telling me to listen to this podcast. I didn't join Facebook for this. Uh, you can which, now listen. By the way, we are on Facebook. <laughs> Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, uh, Podbean.com. Still, um, where I've started a YouTube channel. So uh, you know, if you don't want to sit through, you know, what seems to be four days of each podcast, um, I'll maybe cut up some of the the best of, and then post those bits on YouTube, and then you can spread the word to your friends and or family that way. Uh, but again, uh, our our listenership grows each and every week. Thanks to the good people at Squatty Pot. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we would like to thank our friends at Adam, the Adam Film App purchasing app, A- A-T-O-M. Uh, download it, buy your next thing from uh, your movie tickets and concessions from there. Uh, we would like to remind people, Qatar or Qatar good, Saudi Arabia not so good. Uh, and we would like to remind everybody, please do not forget everyone's way. Everyone came to see how it's ending, to see if you've changed. I heard you were lost, now you've come. Where have you been, kid? Where did you go? 
so much to say Cause so much has happened While you were away But they can't find the words And they got you alone 